theory or practice, it's a constant battle when you're teaching. I'm Dr. Joy Patterson, the Director of Educator Preparation at Governor State University and the College of Education. And I'm Dr. Amy Viaclia, Governor State University Assistant Professor of English Teacher Education. In teaching and learning theory versus practice, Dr. Joy and I will duke it out over whether theory or practice wins the match. Yeah, I can't wait. So whether you're a teacher, an education leader, or looking to learn more about the field, you can hear from industry experts on education topics. We invite you to be the judge as we box it out. Stick around to find out who wins this week's match. Good morning, Dr. Joy. Good morning, Dr. Amy. How are you today? I'm doing really well, and I'm glad to have this conversation. I know that you are mm-hmm. too, because mm-hmm. we, both of us, have had or have children in college. Yep. I've had two to graduate from college. I have two children, and they both graduated from college. I want to ask you something, starting with you, because we're going to talk about factors, those important factors of going to college, making the decision to go to college. Did you go to college directly from high school? Yes, I thought it was the expectation at the time. You're like me. I thought it was the expectation. Although my parents didn't prepare financially for me to go to college, there were a lot of missing pieces. It was an expectation. I didn't know that there were choices. (laughs) And I raised my children the same way. I said, there's 16 years of school from the very beginning, that there are 16 years of school and that college was part of that. It wasn't until my son was maybe in eighth grade, he was talking to a cousin and she was saying that her brothers were working and doing other things. He said, well, what college did they go to? She said, they're not in college. Everybody doesn't have to go to college. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like one of those Santa Claus moments. Like, why would you tell him that? (laughs) I was like, everybody does go to college. (laughs) So I I wanted it to be a natural flow for my kids. But the reality is, not everyone is equipped to go to college and not everyone is equipped to go at the same time. We have our readiness at different levels, at different speeds, we're all different. But I know as parents, it's very difficult for us to make these decisions for our children. These are challenging decisions for a number of reasons. And we want the best for our children. And we're told that college after high school is the best direction. And there are so many other pathways. We are going to talk primarily about college pathways, but we're also going to say it's not about the time exactly when you go. Yeah. That can vary for so many reasons and for so many people. I've learned it's really about the readiness. 
Yes. Well, we are going to talk to Andrea Del Palo, one of our co-workers. She is the youngest of five girls. Her early aspirations were to be a flight attendant so she could see and travel the world, except she learned that the requirement is to be 21, and she graduated high school at 17. The beginning of her career was in the hospitality industry, and she worked there for about eight years. After the birth of her second child, she left the hospitality industry to stay home with her children. After the birth of her fourth child, she worked a few evenings a week with a local community college, managing the classes being held at a local high school. After working three years there, she went on to obtain a full-time job with Governor State University. And while at GSU, she has completed her BA in communications with a 3.81 GPA, and she continued on to grad school and graduated with an MA in communication and training with a 3.83 GPA. Both she and her husband pushed and encouraged her children to attend college for better opportunities than they had. And her four children have different college experiences and career pathways. So we're going to just to explore some tough conversations that caregivers have with each other and their children about career pathways. So welcome to our show. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Andrea. I know that this is a sensitive topic. I think lots of parents will really, really appreciate it. Um, I think you're a champion, first of all, and lots of girl power in there. You are certainly my champion for all the things that you have achieved with four children. <laughs> so let's talk about your pathway to education. Tell us a little bit about your pathway. Of what? brought me to yeah from high school yep from high school to your master's degree uh well unfortunately that really didn't hit me until my 30s when I was younger and and again it kind of reminds me a lot of my youngest child a little bit I was I think maybe attending school for the social aspect of school not for the academic aspect so I never really put a lot of effort in my younger days into school. And as Dr. Bieklia mentioned, um, I wanted to see the world. I just, I had big eyes and I just, I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna get out of here and nothing is gonna stop me from doing that until I realized you had to be 21 and I had four years to wait. So that kind of changed that whole path of where I was going and what I was doing, but still, not really ready for college yet. Like I did um, dip into um, a community college, I think when I was 20, took a couple classes, but at that time I was working full-time, trying to juggle working full-time and taking some courses. And I thought, oh, I don't know, I still wasn't ready yet. So I, I ended up getting a certificate in uh, travel agency. I don't know, it was a certificate to be a travel agent. It was going to be your path to travel, huh? It was my, one way or another, I was getting there. And then um, I ended up at a Holiday Inn. So I kind of worked my way up um, with that career and loved it. You know, I kind of started at the front desk, which 
was interesting and entertaining because at the time we had a lot of people that was working for the Ford Motor Plant. They were all out of towners. So it was interesting to meet people from all over. And then I went into sales there and then catering and then had a couple of kids and then kind of eventually ended up at the community college, which then made me think, okay, for whatever reason, I have four kids now. I'm ready to get educated and get an education. I need something else on my plate. Why not start now? So, so your kids kind of inspired you to go back. And from there, you just kept going, right? From there, I just kept going. There was no stopping me. Yeah. And my <laughs> motto is nobody puts baby in the corner, right? So, I know. So what about your husband? How was his pathway different? or similar to yours? Um, well, his pathway is he went to trade school. Mm-hmm. So he also was not really a big person into the academics, but he knew what his path was. He wanted to be an auto mechanic and he did go to six months of training in Wyoming. So he went to Wyoming Tech and he had did pursue everything that he had hoped to pursue. It's just getting a four-year education at a university doing it the traditional way was not in his path. Okay. So he did go to trade school and got his, I don't know, it's not a degree for say, I don't know if it's a certificate, but ended up with a certificate in auto mechanics, I guess. Right. And now I understand he has a very successful career. So two different paths. So you didn't start off right away going to college. Your husband chose a different path to go to trade school. What was the vision that you all had for your four children in terms of going to college? Well, I think our vision for sure was that we wanted them to get a college education. And we, I mean, and not that necessarily a college education, I guess, makes their life easier, but we wanted their pathways to be a little easier than the road that we took. A lot of jobs, especially today, require a bachelor's degree. So, you know, to do that when you're right out of school and do it young is the way to go Then waiting until you're a mom of four kids and you're in your 30s deciding what I want to be when I grow up. So, you know, we, we kind of encouraged, I can't say we pushed, we didn't force them to go into school. They all wanted to go, but we just definitely encouraged them because we wanted them to have a better path than what we chose. I want to revisit your college experience for just a moment. You said your children wanted to go to college and I felt, or I heard some hesitancy with you wanting to go to college right away. And I want to point out that you stated in the bio that you sent us, you included your GPA. What is the significance of these high honors in college? Tell us more about that. Well, again, no, that could bring up some teary-eyed moments. I just never thought I was cut out for school. Like all through grade school, I, my mom did save some of their report cards. And most of them said, if Andrea would just apply herself, if Andrea would just apply herself. But I never applied myself. You know, I ne- it was never something that was etched growing up to do well in school. You know, you, you, know, you better get good grades, things like that. So I just did enough to get by. So when I decided to go to college, it was kind of a pact I made with myself that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it well. And I wanted to be proud of the the achievement that I was going after. And 
not fail at it. So, you know, when I put the little GPA in there, I don't, I, I can't, I have to say I'm most proud of it because I just never in my wildest dreams, if, if you could bring back my high school counselor, maybe he would have been like, he would have never foresaw something like that happening for me. Cause I just never had wanted it. If yeah. that makes sense. Yes, it does. I was telling Dr. Amy before you came on about when I went to college, I was brought up that you just go to college directly after high school. There was no choice. And I pretty much did the same thing to my children. But my children graduated from high school very early. My uh, son graduated. They both graduated at 16. And my son, he took a slow down, but my daughter, she just catapulted to the next level. But she graduated from high school at 16 and college at 19. And so I had some things to decide about where to go. But I want to ask you not just where to go. What are some of the influencing factors of you deciding when your kids should go to college? Like if they should go, when they should go where they should go, what they should major in. What were those influencing factors for you? And I know your kids are different, so it may be something different for each kid. Yeah, well, again, we, we let our children choose their own paths. Like, I don't think we influenced the path that they were taking. We supported the path that they wanted to go on. So I think that's a big difference. I don't think I, there are some parents out there that, that I actually, I could... I am not going to talk about them, but I know that they said, you're going into engineering. That's all you're going to do. And it's engineering period. And as the child was going through their college years and they became a junior, they're like, I don't like anything about engineering, but the the parents kind of held over their head. Well, if you don't do this, we're not paying for school. So I've never, we never done that with our child. And actually our oldest, his path was criminal justice and he wanted to be an FBI agent. And then again, I think he quickly found out how that path changed because you have a lot of experiences that you need to obtain before you to be considered being an FBI agent. And I think you have to be 26 years old before they'll even talk to you and 26 years old with experience. So again, I think that changed his pathway of, I, I think, you know, sometimes when you're younger, you're excited to get things to happen today. You don't want to wait six years. Like for me, I didn't want to wait four years to be a flight attendant. I was so bummed that I had to wait four years. So it was all right, plan B, let's go to plan B. So the same thing with my son. He is not doing anything in criminal justice. He's not doing anything with a Spanish degree, although I'm sure that helps him in his career, but totally flipped the pages because what he found out kind of entailed to be an FBI agent and how difficult it is to become one. Mm -hmm. Similarly, my son, he wanted to go to school for aviation and he was enrolled. He majored in aviation and the fees caught up with us. Once he got to his junior year and they were in flight, the fees were $15,000 for flight fuel. And so it became to where we couldn't afford it. And that prompted him to change his major to aviation management, criminal justice and religion. So he still stayed in aviation, but we had to go through it differently because our finances actually dictated his change in his major. I want to talk about that some more. Now, I love what you said about supporting versus influencing. I think those are some powerful things that 
we need to just hold a place for right now. I've heard this, uh, similar stories from my children who are in college and have talked about their friends and the demands that parents have placed. We've, we've placed some expectations on our children, but the support is really important. And I love that you said that. Now, there are some things that we do have to influence, though, because Dr. Joy was saying affordability. How do we help our children with this financial literacy to help them understand the impact of finances on what kind of education is accessible? What were some conversations that maybe you had with your children or your you know, other caregivers in the household? Yeah, I, I think it's just being brutally honest. I think a lot of parents tend to kind of hide certain details of financial issues or how expensive it is to maintain a house and pay the mortgage and the bills and things like that. So I think we all want the best for our kids, right? And we all want them to succeed and do things. And sometimes I think we tend to, to sugarcoat like, oh, you know, we could, you know, you could do anything you want and, and kind of, I, I don't know, I'm mumbling, but I don't know. I, I didn't sugarcoat anything. I mean, I, I, we told them, I think it was my second daughter who ended up going to DePaul and to her dislike, our negotiation was, is okay, you could go to DePaul, which is a private university, which is a, a, a ton more than a public university. However, she did earn a huge scholarship to go there, but my negotiation with her was you could go, but you're going to have to commute. You're going to have to stay at home because I can't afford the tuition for you to live on campus there. So these were honest conversations to have with them. And I want to say her out of anybody was a little shocked because I think she had this notion of we're going to pay for everything. And we're the parents. We're supposed to do that. It's our job to pay for them and get them going where you know, again, in my case, I didn't have that. My parents didn't have the money and they weren't going to pay for me to get an education, which maybe was another factor for me of not wanting to go when I was younger, because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pay for it. That's, that's nuts. But I, you know, I've been pretty brutally honest with my kids about the financial part of it and how they better apply for some scholarships and get some help. Otherwise, I'm not sure how, you know, we can make this possible. And, and luckily, most of them did just that. Like I said, my daughter had a huge DePaul grant that helped her afford going there. My son, um, I, again, I don't know, he did well. He went to UIC and then um, graduated from University of Illinois. So he had also scholarships. And I don't know, number three has a big, huge nursing scholarship. It's that number four that kind of not so much with the scholarship thing. So we're still learning with him. And it, like you had mentioned, Amy, is the expectations. Like he knows that our expectations are high where we want him to pass and we expect him to pass, but he is still, he's struggling. Right. So I, I want to talk about that number four. It's always <laughs> that last one, isn't it? Uh, but like you, my parents didn't have a plan, a financial plan for me to go to college. I had to figure it out on my own. I love the way that you said you had these tough conversations with your children. You had to, you negotiate it with them. If you want to do this, then this is what you have to do. Because so many parents, we want the best for our children. 
and we make so many sacrifices and some of those sacrifices could be detrimental to the entire family. So I really like that you are very honest with them. I made deals with my children also. I was fortunate enough to work in higher ed. So with my daughter, who was very young, coming to college, of course, I did not want her going away. And I said, I want you to do two years at my university. You do well, then we could talk about you going away. The good thing about her is that she became a big fish in a little pond and decided to stay at that university and was very successful. And I think that was great for her. My son, on the other hand, did not want to start there at all, going to a small university. He immediately wanted to go away, but I make the same deal with him. But I said, okay, one year, you have to have over a certain GPA and you can go wherever you wanna go. And so he did, he kept to his part of the deal. And then when we were, it was time to make a decision, I limited his universities to like 10 or 12 universities. And I say, here, you can go anywhere you want to go from this list. So I still put some parameters around it. And he selected from that list. So let's talk about, and I want to talk about that fourth child because we talked about finances. Let's talk about preparedness. What are your thoughts about preparedness to go to college? Again, each child is different. If you talk to my, and all four of my kids went to the same district of high schools, two went to one school and then they kind of changed and sent them to one of the other schools in the district. So basically they all got the same education. You talk to my oldest son and when he went away his first year, he felt very well prepared. Like I could remember him saying, oh my gosh, Lincoln Way really prepared us and our education to go to school. But then there's number four, who, again, in my opinion, I think he doesn't necessarily give it his all. Like, you know, he had the same education, he had the same preparedness, but I don't think maybe necessarily he wants it as bad as what the other ones have wanted it. I think in his little mind, and maybe these are the 20 somethings of today, I think he would love something just to fall in his lap and be the best thing since sliced bread. So he doesn't have to put any work into it and work hard. And I think that's what he's going through. And I know some of his friends that are in that same age bracket kind of going through the same thing where, you know, one of his friends, I, I told this story before, high honors, his whole high school career is completely bored and hates everything to do with the general study part of getting an education. They want to go right into the junior senior year and go right into their, their studies and for, forget all of that. So I kept telling my son that you're not the only one that struggled getting these gen eds done. Like nobody likes math. You know, nobody wants to write a 26 page paper, but it for it does prepare you for the future that you need to have. But I don't know, again, these 20 something year olds, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a half of this remote learning that they had to do and do some online stuff. And they're, they're struggling, I feel, with finding their place. I, I don't know. We are talking to Andrea Del Paolo about some tough conversations we have with our children about college, about their pathways, their careers, and how to get there. And what you were saying is so valuable when we're talking about children, students, young adults who 
have an idea of what they want to be and what they want to do, they start college. And then we have a lot of general education requirements, which of course we want to have a well-rounded citizen, someone who's knowledgeable on lots of different topics and in different areas. That's wonderful. But as we had been talking in a previous conversation, you and I, it reminded me of how surprised I was when my daughter went off to be a freshman and she was already taking 300 level lab courses in her vet program, vet tech program. And she loved that. She could have done without her English literature course. She could have skipped all sorts of other classes that she's been required to take, but at least she had a thread running through her program that kept her engaged from day one, doing some tough thinking about what she was going to do when she actually left college. So I thought that was really interesting what you're saying. And I'm hoping that we have enough of that at Governor's State University. And as we look at our degree programs, I'm hoping that we embed enough in of their major in those first experiences. But I want to talk more about fairness versus equal. Hmm. I have three children and a stepson, very different. They're very different. The older girls and the older fella, he, they all think I baby the youngest. He gets treated differently. And I don't know that he does exactly, but perhaps there are some differences, but times have changed too. The older daughter is eight years older than that youngest son. So things change in eight years. What about you? What about fairness versus equal treatment and the paths for your children and how they differ? How do you wrestle with that? With that, I suppose it depends who you ask, because I think each one of them would say they're my favorite without knowing maybe who might be the real favorite. I don't know if I had one, but I, I don't know. I think as far as education goes, I think I treated them all equally and fairly. I want to give them all the opportunity to go away and, and to have you know an opportunity to do well at school and be at school. So I think they all had their opportunity. Again, with the second one, she was extremely disappointed that my compromise with her was you could go to DePaul, which was the only school she wanted to go to. This, it has to be DePaul. It can't be anything else. But, you know, coming up with that compromise of, okay, like we could make it work, but you're going to have to live at home, which was not, I don't think her ideal solution to it, but she accepted it and she did it because that was the school that she wanted to, to, to go to. The younger one maybe does get away with certain things, but I feel like I'm held, I'm holding him a little more accountable because I, I think because maybe he is the youngest, he's a little more spoiled to, to an extent, but when he kind of didn't do great his first two years and then decided to go back. So he, he stepped out. So he went away his first year, then COVID hit. And then he went to a community college, didn't do great at the community college, was going to go back to the bigger university, but then we were still online because of COVID. 
So he took that spring off, but then went back in the fall because he was a phys ed major and the courses and the classes leading up to his major were not offered at the community college. So he had to kind of go back to the bigger university. But I told him that if he wanted to do that, that he had to work from the spring. So January leading up to fall, save his money. And I was making him accountable to pay for his living expenses when he went back to school. Because I thought he had to have something to hold on to to make him responsible for the grades that he was receiving and for his, for the effort that he was putting in here there that I personally thought by him paying his own way to a point would make him more responsible of wanting to do better in school. However, my husband thought we maybe would be doing the exact opposite and putting too much on him and putting too much pressure on him where then maybe he wouldn't do well. So it was kind of a mixed thing, but I felt, I felt that I needed to hold him accountable for something and to get him to want to be successful. And by him paying that out of his own pocket and seeing how expensive it is and seeing the value of his education, I thought was going to help, which it did. I mean, he, he's doing much, much better. He did have one class that he struggled in again, it was anatomy. And again, in his mind, I don't need this class. Like, I don't care, not knowing, all right, well, it's still a class that you're gonna have to make up and it's still a class that we lost money on. So I, again, I'm super honest with that where maybe other parents aren't, but I let him know that by him not getting the grades that he's expected to get is not only damaging him and his academic, career in the university, but it also puts a damper financially because someone's paying for that. Right, right. And, and I can agree with both you and your husband. You know, your husband is saying he needs to be intrinsically motivated. This is something that has to come from within. Let's not put so much pressure. And you're saying there has to be some extrinsic motivator factors here too, so that he has some buy-in. Well, you just don't get a pass if someone else pays for it. And if he has more skin in the game, maybe he'll take it more seriously. So I, I wonder, and, and you and I have talked about this many times. Through a lot of tears, we've talked about this because I know how hard it can be. We really want our kids to be successful. And we have our own definition of success. Like when I look back at your life, I would say you did some things that were very, very successful. And so there's different ways of measuring success that doesn't always have to align with school, you know? And so with regards to your youngest, whose path was he on when he graduated from high school? So I'm going to ask you to be very transparent, be very honest. So when he graduated from high school, whose path was he on? Was he on his own path or was he trying to fulfill the path that you laid for him? And so that's part one. And then I have a follow-up question for you. Right. To answer that, it was his path. My son picked physical education because I think he wanted to make an impact in schools with kids that may not be the golden children, meaning athleticness of other. So I'm again backing up. My son was a small, tiny tiny little guy up until junior year. Finally, his junior year, he's brought it up to five foot 11, but most of his whole adolescence, he was a, the tiny kid. 
So when he played basketball with school sports, when he played baseball, he was always the smallest. So sometimes those smallest ones aren't always put onto the field or always put onto the court and just kind of pushed aside. And he put it in his head that he wanted to make a difference in the lives of those kids that maybe were the second choices, like, you know, not the, the star players and blah, blah, blah. So I think he, he chose his own path. He wanted the phys ed thing to make a difference into the lives of other kids that were like him, that maybe it didn't come naturally that, you know, the, the sports didn't come naturally. Maybe they needed an extra little work where in his experience, the coaches always kind of gravitated towards those kids that did need that extra work. Yeah. So he wanted to make the difference, but I think, again, I think for him, it's the gen, gen eds and the things that are leading up to what his major are, is, is what is stressing him out and pushing him in a different direction. So based on how he performed in high school compared to your other children, do you think he was ready for a four-year college away from home? Or did you, just, or did you want to give him what the other kids had experienced? Did you think he was as ready? I, I think as a mom, I wanted in my head, I, I felt that he was ready. I wanted him to be ready. So maybe it was more on me because I, I think academically, I know he has it. Like we all have it. I think every child has it. You just have to want it. But he's also been, he's always been the social aspect of it. I think he just likes the social, like, uh, here I am, I'm, you know, I hear, I'm here, yay, and not thinking of the ramifications of the academic part of it. Like, never once did he think, wow, if I really did well in high school, I could get a few scholarships or take some AP classes that would go towards those credits. Never once did that phase him, never once. So was he ready? It's hard to say. He, what, he is a young student. Um, his birthday is the end of August as well. So he too was 17 when school started. Um, there were some times where I was, should I have kept him back? He was a week away from our school deadline in the state of Illinois, the deadline September 1st, his birthday is August 23rd. You know, should I kept him back a year? Maybe, but academically, I mean, his ACT scores were spot on. I mean, he, he has it, he just doesn't use it. Like, I just, I feel like he just doesn't want it bad enough yet, which again, I kind of fell into the same bracket when I was 17, 18, I didn't want it. I wasn't there, you know, and I don't know what possessed me to wait till I was 30 some with four kids to say, okay, I'm ready now. But I think it was a personal challenge that I had wanted for myself then. But of course, we're like, oh, what are you going to do? And not that any job that he could have, whether it's in a grocery store or, Anything else that he's had thus far is a bad career because it's not, you know, and, and we, I've tried to help him with other career strategies, you know, of he's not a technical person to someone that would work with their hands like my husband, but I'm like, you know, there's real estate. I was trying to find different avenues that maybe high schools don't touch on in school. Right? Maybe they don't really talk about, well, men could be travel agents or men could be real estate agents. It's all kind of groomed towards certain things. So I don't know, maybe that would have helped. I don't know, but he's still lost. He's still a little lost. Mm, that was my next question is thinking about the place 
he is right now, like with school, with himself, with you. Those are tough conversations and tough experiences. And it's hard to find that, that ground that is neutral enough, but yet guides and offers strategies. I'm constantly doing that with my older one who graduated from college, but without much direction. It's like, what are you going to do? So she's at Governor State University working on her master's in English. And I think there's more direction now, but talk about that. You know, how, how do you wrestle with that? And how is he with school and with himself and with you in this point in time? Yeah, well, he he knows my expectations because again, I kind of I'm very verbal about it. I think my husband is a little more quiet about it. Where again, I'm I'm very sensitive kind of mom. So you know, the couple of bad grades that he's received, I took very personal. Like, oh my god, I failed him. Like, how did I fail him? And again, I get teary eyed. I could get, I getting teary eyed thinking about it. But again, it's it's it. He has to own it, and he he does. But I still feel, so he's switching paths. He's not doing the phys ed thing. And I think it's because he's just finding the coursework leading up to it, not satisfying. You know, he's not into it. So he had a conversation with his older brother, who is in a totally different career. And he might be wanting to follow his older brother's career now, which is a little alarming because is this his career path? You know, is this just another easy way out for him? to have a way out, but to fall upon something. And again, for me, I, I tend to understand what he's going through because in my fifties, it's hard to sometimes know where my path is and what I wanna be when I grow up, let alone when you're 20. Like it's, it's such a big decision. If you don't know from the get-go from birth, of this is what I wanna do, of what do you wanna do when you grow up and there's so many different possibilities and avenues that you could go on. It's stressful. It's stressful to be 20. I get where he's coming from, but yet as parents, we're like, you got to do something, kid. Like you ain't going to live at home until you're 30. Like you got to do something. Find it. Like, I don't know, find your passion, do something. So again, he's just in that limbo stage where I don't think he knows. And I don't think that that's bad that he knows, but you know. And, and it's okay. You, you know, your son sounds a lot like you when you got out of college and you waited until you were ready and you were very successful once you were ready. You're saying something that's so important is really striking me when you are taking it personally about his grades and his success and how that weighs on you as a parent. And I know that because you've been in my office and we've had lots of conversation and lots of tears over this. So I know how it impacts you. If you could do this all over again, what advice would you give to Andrea and the, and the mothers out there when you're helping your children and supporting your children to get to make it to and through college? Anything that you would do over again? Any advice that you would like to share? Oh, anything that I would do. Again, I, for me, we have treated our kids as individuals. Like I said, we, we've never made them do anything. I mean, maybe the fourth one, we're making him go to college because 
that's what we expect him to do. But yet, if he wasn't in college, I don't know what he'd be doing. So we are enforcing him to get that bachelor's degree in whatever it may be, whether it's in communications or physical education, and then he could find himself whatever he needs to do. But I know I think we have to let our kids be individuals. Like I gave that story about the one mom saying, I'm not going to pay unless you are an engineering and this is what you want to do. And I think a lot of parents do that with sports. It's like, I think we live our dreams, right? Which I guess what my husband and I are doing, we're living what our regrets are in our kids. You need to go to school or you need to play ball because ball is so important and you need to do it. And I can't tell you how many kids I've known that has played ball through college and then stopped and hate the sport. Absolutely hate it because it's been enforced in their lives, their whole life. And it wasn't so much that they wanted to do it. It was their parents' dream of them playing travel ball and doing this and doing that. And the same thing, I suppose, with college, I guess it is my dream to make my kids I don't know, make, I don't know, be better, do better. And a lot has to do with my upbringing and I don't know, my background, but they all are individuals. They're all going to do what they want to do, regardless of what we say at some point. So I, I don't know. I guess to, I, it's hard to answer that question directly. Would I do anything different? No, I still would want them all to go and get an education. Is the younger one necessarily ready? Maybe not, but I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know how to direct him because he's still kind of in that limbo phase. Right. And we all are guilty of living vicariously through our children. Right, Amy? Oh, yes, absolutely. I love watching football games and I'm hoping that it's not because we want our son to play football or it's not because we want our children to be in college. So, and I will say that I'm jealous of my younger daughter who knew, I mean, from a young age that she wanted to work with animals. She's shifted the direction just a little bit. She doesn't want to be a vet. She wants to be a vet tech, but she knows, she knows I didn't, I floundered. I had no idea. And finally, I guess I, like you said, I mean, we could be in our fifties and still wondering what is that next step? Was this just a job on my pathway to a career or is this a calling? I wrestle with that a lot. I used to wrestle with it more, not as much now, but at this ripe age that I am, I feel like I finally found my footing. And I'm hoping if there are young listeners out there, the different paths are all fine. And sometimes we are in our fifties and finding our footing along the way. There are lots of different directions we can go. I have loved talking to you today about this important, you know, it's so important to really bring these conversations out into the open. A lot people aren't alone in wrestling with this and understanding what's readiness and what should we do as parents and what should we not do? And I'm glad you could join us in this conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to Teaching and Learning Theory versus Practice with Dr. Amy Viaclia and Dr. Joy Patterson. We hope that you have been inspired by this conversation and will join us again as we talk about trends in education and perspectives on teaching. We welcome your comments and feedback. What conversations are you interested in hearing? We'll leave it up to you, our listeners. Did theory or practice win the match? I think it was theory probably this time. Uh, practice. Until next time, we're Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy.